Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Back on the things we say, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And our long-awaited guest that's here with us this week is Eric Heller. Yes. Hey Welcome, guys. Eric. Thank you. <laughs> it's been... I've been waiting for this moment. Yes. And <laughs> due to complaints from the peanut gallery, namely Nelson, you will now no longer have our show in stereo. He wants everything to be mono Ooh. because he apparently listens with one ear like a cave troll. Instead of just putting two ears in and listening to hey, podcasts, no like judgment. Else. I listen to plenty of podcasts with one earbud in. Really? Yeah. Why? If you work in an office environment, <laughs> you you may have time to yourself, but it's somebody not really can time to yourself yeah. at any time. But you can just take one ear off. I know, but then there's this awkward pause with, with like, were you talking to me? Oh, yeah. you were talking to me. Makes oh, sense. what did you say? Yeah, that I missed. Yeah, it so. it interrupts the flow. I yeah. I understand. I still I'm a little bitter. Because Nelson, Nelson? Mm. Nelson is having a direct effect on our podcast, and I don't like it. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Eric would like to bring his contribution to this podcast by giving you our first guest. Did you know? Yes. Right. So I know you guys usually start out with a lot of times with "Did you know?" <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about this week what I could bring to you guys <laughs> that you may not know. So many things. So. Oh, there's a whole. I think that you guys are going to like this. Are you are you ready? I'm ready. Let's are, do this. Did you know that nothing sucks? Okay. Everything <laughs> blows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you so far. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so so let me let me follow this. This is this is actually a little little mini science lesson here, okay? Oh good, good. Yes. <laughs> because pressure only flows from high to low pressure. Okay. All right. And if you think about it, there's an ocean of air, one atmosphere sitting on top of us, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of air pressure pushing on us. So anything only flows from high to low pressure. It can't go the other way. So when you say you something sucks, really it's blowing from high to low pressure. Okay. Okay. So if the sweeper is really sucky. So let's talk about the sweeper. So a sweeper isn't really a vacuum. It's just a low pressure device. Yes. Because you're creating low pressure inside, right? Right. And then the atmosphere wants to get in. Right. So all you have is just a fan blowing out. You have less air inside, so the atmosphere wants to get in. So really it's blowing in. Yeah. Or like a straw. When you drink from a straw. Yeah. You're actually, the, the atmosphere is blowing that drink into your mouth. Yes. Okay. Uh. Sure. Yes. It is because your lungs, right? What what happens when you breathe in? Okay. All right. When you exhale, right? You have to think about how pressure works. Gotcha. Right. So you're creating a low pressure. Yes. Yep. So Got everything it. blows. Nothing actually sucks. This is like the water isn't wet argument. Yes, but it's not an argument. It's true. Okay. <laughs> so so here's the thing that that's really cool. So if you really want to impress your wives, okay. Which I always do. Right. <laughs> when do you want a vacuum? 
on a high pressure day. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's more, because <laughs> this is more suckitude in the per, vacuum. No, there's more because of the high pressure. There's there's, there's more, more pressure there's pushing more down blow. on there's you. There's more of what we would call suction. <laughs> but there's more. You will blow more dirt into the vacuum <laughs> on a high pressure day. <laughs> That's a good. Did you know? That's a great. Did you I know? I love that. And now, Eric, explain to the kids why why you know things like this. What yeah. do you do? Yes, I am a science teacher. Um, chemistry is my favorite. That's actually physics, but I like blowing up stuff. Of course. And this is my 12th or 13th year teaching. I don't know. It's one of those two. Yeah. At the, at the so high school Worcester level? High School, yeah. Okay. Which is That's really bizarre because Eric and I have known each other for almost 26 years now. Yeah. And so we literally grew up together. And yeah. now he teaches young minds things. It, it still amazes me too. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Do you consider yourself one of them? Is that why? Or <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where like they put you in front of a room. I re- remember my first day. Yeah. My first day, I had to turn around and look at the chalkboard because I was laughing. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in charge of like these 24 kids. Like I am in charge. And I still think that because yeah. it's fun. Like I don't see my job as work. And yeah. Yeah. So I don't like consider myself one of the kids, but I just like it. And have yeah. Fun, so there is that weirdness. I mean, we've talked about it before. It's like there's a certain age where you don't feel any older. Yes. Right. Things stop working in your body. And you have more mm. things that you're responsible for. But other than that, you basically feel the same. Yeah. Somewhere, I feel like it's somewhere between 18 and like 23 <laughs> is where it just kind of stops. And like that's where you are kind of static. Yeah, I can see that. Although 20, 20, 18 to 23 year old me was kind of an idiot in a lot of ways. So I guess that's not entirely true. I but like, I, feel, I feel the same. I liked you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Something that Nate taught me that. I didn't realize how well it worked until I just tried it again. It's building an upside down fire. Ah. Uh, have you tried this, Eric? I have not, but Nate, the last time you were at my house, actually did this at my fire pit. I yes. Yes. I it, just did this before I came over. I usually, it usually takes me forever to build a campfire. Yeah. But since I started building them this way, mm. and I've built tons of campfires, used to be a camp counselor, led trails expeditions, and all kinds of stuff. Yes. Like, this is revolutionary. It works you put every your big single logs time. on the bottom, mm-hmm. and you can even stack them crosswise if you want. And they you can know, even be kind of wet or chimney style. Yeah, you know, however you want to do it. And then you put all your smaller stuff on top, and then the really small stuff like dried twigs or pine yeah. needles, whatever you got mm-hmm. on the very top, and you light the top and let it burn down. Yeah, and you just keep feeding that top, that so little top So it's the reverse fire. of what you would think. Like, yeah. a lot of people will put their kindling and everything on the bottom, then stack the bigger logs on top and yeah. try and set everything on yeah. fire from the and bottom up. All that, all that really hot stuff just falls down in and it then is dries out and ignites everything else. Unbelievable yeah. how but well I will, this works. I will, give a, I will give a shout out, though. I learned that from the art of manliness. Mm. Yeah. So that is not my trick. And it was not his trick either. He learned it from somebody, too. But that's the beauty of that is that is how I will teach my son to build fires and my daughter daughter's how to build fires. It just works. It works every single time. That that is an incredible trick. Yes. So it is. 
We're giving you things to impress your wives and girlfriends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) About fire (laughs) and vacuuming so far. Yes, you should vacuum on high-pressure days. You'll be more effective. You can now build a fire like a caveman. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine like a high school like guy listening to this. I don't know if that's going to work. It's like, yeah, you need somebody to build that fire for you. He's going to get confused and build a fire in his vacuum. That's that's going to be the problem. That's that's a fire NATO. Yeah. That could be awesome. I actually yeah. know how to do that. And what, I'm going to do fire that. NATO? Yes. All you need is fans. Yeah. You need I fans and a fire. Yeah. So that will happen at some point. It's going to happen at Worcester High School. Yes. Like a prairie fire with a tornado moving through it. Yes. On yes. a smaller scale. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And maybe a little safer. Maybe. Maybe. I, I will be impressed the day you pull off the Sharknado. The Sharknado. Nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I was thinking about it before this podcast. I have seen you in front of more groups than just about anyone that doesn't have a specific job to be in front of large church groups, but you are getting in front of groups all the time. Yes. And you just mentioned it at the very start where you're like, you got up in front of 26 kids, turn around and you're like, oh boy, what do you do? (laughs) Like (laughs) when you start down the road to public speaking i do public training so for me i have like 15 to 20 people max that's a like class size is fairly normal sure and and that's normally what i'm in front of but for a lot of people even that class is intimidating Mm -hmm. and so they get told a lot of goofy things about yes what how to do well at public the audience naked yes that is the worst one yeah yeah i i never even understood why that would make me more comfortable oh i would never want to do that no my assumption is is that it just makes somebody (laughs) panic because they're trying not to do that when they're told to do it and it takes their mind off of the fact that they're Mm. in front of everybody but it doesn't work no it's it's garbage it's a garbage bit of advice so I was wondering if you have found anything that's effective for you. Like you have a particular style when you're in front of the room. You just make everybody immediately comfortable. People connect with you. Like it's, yeah. yeah. How, like, how do you do it? Where do you learn that? And like, how do you get comfortable in front of a room? I don't know if it's something that is learned. Um, I think it's something that you get better at as you do it more. But I would say the thing about being in front of a room is being yourself Mm -hmm. like what you see like you guys know me yeah like you know me like what you see is what you get with me yes like oh yeah when i'm in front of a classroom when i'm in front of a youth group when i'm in front of a whole school it's me yeah and like if you're going to be talking and doing public speaking like like you do nate like it's you like yeah it's always you or whenever you do sheldon like it's you like you have to be yourself yeah because as soon as you try to be something you aren't it's over. And like, that's when the nervousness would come in. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel nervous in front of people because it's just me. <laughs> so I feel like number one, just be yourself. Do you feel like people try and emulate a particular style or person? Yes. Or they have a person in their head that they're trying to be. Is that the problem? I like, think so. I okay. think people see somebody who maybe is a great order or a great, I don't know, public speaker or has right. a certain style. And if you try to be that person, it's going to fail. Like it is. It just yes. is. <laughs> yes. So I think that's one of the things. And like, I don't know, like being in front of people for me, it energizes me. Yeah. Um, but I'm just myself. 
Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know if that's too simple, but no, no. Well, and, and I would, I would say that's fairly true. I mean, obviously knowing you as long as I have, like you're one of the more secure people I've ever met mm. in that you have just always been <laughs> yourself. I mean, I can't that's think true. of a single time in the entire time that I've known you where that wasn't but the you, case. But you know who you are. You're not right. out there trying to find an identity right. to put on somehow. Right. Sure. So that's, that's helpful. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Now I, I guess part of my thing is like, okay, so how old were you when you started at the high school, when you started actually teaching? I would have been 20, let's see, six years of, four years of school, six years, two years of grad school, went to high college, 24. 24. Yes. So obviously at 24, you're not that much older right. than some of the students. Yes. So was that a really strange dynamic? Even though you'd done stuff with youth groups and things like that over the years, was that a really odd dynamic to hit? like realizing that there's not much of a gap there. Yes. That is a weird dynamic. Um, Cause it's kind of like, you're still on that, like, you know, the cool zone, like you're right. the cool young guy. Um, I get where you kids are at. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, you still like doing stuff that like people their age would do, like, you know, playing sports and video games, anything like that. Yeah. Um, and you have to be careful cause there's a line that you walk. Yeah. And and this sounds like really like, you know, like what's the word uh, when people say something that's obvious, um, right. Like obvious. You can't, it's obvious. Like <laughs> you want to be the fun guy, but you can't be a friend, I guess. Right. So I think going into teaching, like I was like the fun guy. I was the fun young teacher, but like I had authority, like you have to have authority in the classroom. Right. Cause they can smell it. They're yeah. like sharks with blood in the water. They yeah. Can and they smell can't. it. And, and I think that, classroom management is probably the most important thing. One of the number one thing is relationships. Yeah. And I'm real. I'm, I don't want to, I'm not trying to brag, but no. like, I'm good with relationships no, you are with good. people. Yeah. And like, if you know, let students know you care about them. I could teach them underwater basket weaving. Like I could. <laughs> and like, it's important because like, I could hold my breath long enough. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If I could, but like, I just think like chemistry in general, isn't like a fun subject. Yeah. But if they know that I care about them, that's what matters and I feel like I've always been good at that and but also knowing like I'm in charge of the room and like that's something you get good at as time goes yeah yeah so it's a weird dynamic but it's something that you have to you have to be good at it if you're not you're gonna fail yeah yeah for sure yeah well and see that's one of the things I love about you because there's you're one of those people I I consider there's kind of two categories of of uh teachers what I would refer to as teachers and what I would refer to as educators. Mm. You are an educator. You're the kind of person like, I'm going to give you tools that will let you move forward. And you would be this no matter what you were teaching. Like, this mm. is just your makeup. Like, I'm going to give you tools to be a better person and you can go further with these without me. You know, it's not just drivel. It's not just rolling through to get a paycheck. Like, it is a passionate, like, I, you yeah. are about it. Relationally, you are about it in every way. And I don't think there's from the knowing what I do about you, I don't think there's a kid who's come through your class who's come through and thought to themselves, that was the best chemistry class ever because I learned this, this, and this, but they'll remember you. Oh yeah. And they'll remember the impact that you had on them. For sure. And that's one of the things I've, I've really appreciated about watching you kind of in this journey is like, mm -hmm. you are that person and you've been that person in youth groups. You've been that person right. as long as I've known you. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that. It's a great thing. And I think, this is what I uh, now I'm like I've had a couple student teachers and like but I've realized along that journey not everyone likes me uh, <laughs> yeah and that's okay yes yeah 
that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. The first couple years because I like, you know, you want everyone to like you and like you're the teacher and like you want people to enjoy your class. But whether it's because you're a guy or an authority figure or they don't like science or something like that, like people just don't like me. Yeah. And like that's something that you have to realize in any job. And no matter what you do, like there's going to be people that don't like you. Hmm. And once you realize that, it's like, okay. And you have to realize it, come to grips with it and say, okay. And like, you're going to know I'm a, there's a couple students every year. This person doesn't like me. <laughs> Am I still going to try my best to get through and like help them and yeah. help them? Yes. But they're not going to like me. Right. Hmm. So that's something that's like, I don't know. Like that's tr- wisdom. I try to pass on to younger teachers. For sure. That's wisdom that I can use. Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. it just is. People won't like you. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. See, uh, you've seen you you've seen all these uh, a couple student teachers come and go, and and what are the, what what are characteristics of the ones that catch on and get it, as opposed to the ones that just kind of flame out and realize it's not for them. Like, mm-hmm. like is there something that they connect with? Is there a common connection they're making, or is there? Is there like what are you seeing from your? I think student teachers that get it um, is obviously the relational part, and like I said earlier, being themselves. Yeah. Because I've had student teachers who observe me first, and they go up there and try to put on the Heller show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That doesn't work. No. It just doesn't, and it's it's because they're not me. Right. It's, it's just true. It, it's, it's just like I've tried to lead events after you and it's difficult. Like, it's just like, it's, <laughs> You're a tough not, act to follow. <laughs> it is true. Like this. I'm, I'm not like I am not bragging in any way. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, yep. they're not me. And like, we'll have that conversation. Like, what do you like? What kind of stuff like excites you? Share that with the class. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll relate to you, because if you're trying to be me, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things is being themselves, find out what they relate to the students with and yeah just relating to them yeah so a lot of people are intimidated by speaking to teenagers they feel like teenagers are the most difficult audience to hit because very few people understand or connect with them they are and (laughs) and they're like this is the most difficult thing to hit one of the things that has really helped me is understanding that they are actually rooting for whoever's in front of the room Mm. There is no teenager that wants to be a part of an awkward experience. Yeah. Even though they might mock it or they might find their humor in it or whatever. When somebody's having an awkward time leading something, they don't want to be in the room. Yeah. Like nobody wants to be a part of an awkward experience. <laughs> every every one of them wants to be a part of a really awesome experience. Like yeah. if if something is happening and it's really good, they they will be in it because they want to be in that space. So even if they're, even if they look like to some people that are up there speaking, they might seem like, oh, they're talking behind that guy's back. They're mocking him, all that stuff. It, they are actually rooting for you to do well. Mm. Like inside, not what they're showing on the outside, but inside everyone, every large room of teenagers I've been in, large or small, they all want to be a part of something exciting, yeah. something interesting, something that you know, yeah. that's successful. So they're rooting for you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. See, and I think this is one of the things I've always made the argument that the hardest crowd to keep entertained is like sixth grade and below. Mm, I, yeah. could, I could not do that. Because you're, fight, you're just fighting attention span. But not yes. only that, they don't care. Like 
children that age are basically savages. Yeah. <laughs> with maybe a little bit of refinement, but not much. Mm. I mean, they go to the bathroom outside their pants. That's probably about as as, as great as it goes for them. It's, it's but progress. like, if you are not keeping them entertained and keeping their attention, they do not care. They will find something else to entertain themselves right then and there. And that was one of the things like back when I I did uh, uh, preteen camp. Mm-hmm. Just I I went and it was me and a guitar. Like that was it. And the very first time I got up in front of all those kids, I was like, crap, what am I going to do? And me being me, I was making a lot of it up on the fly. I'm like, okay, we're just going to see what happens. And it ended up working and we hit a good yeah. stride with it. But man, that was one of the most intimidating rooms I've ever been in front of because they literally do not care. Oh, that's, I would not have known that that was intimidating. To you. Oh man, they don't care <laughs> at all. They don't care at all. And again, it wasn't like yeah, nervous. It was just that moment of realization. Like they will have no mercy. Like they they will have no mercy, and if they're done, they're done, and they, and I, there's nothing I will be able to do to do anything about it. It will just happen to me. Yeah. So yeah, I have always found them adorable savages. Yes, that they are. It that can are. it can be awkward. I mean, do you want to hear an awkward story? Sure. Yes. yes let's do it. So this is one of my recent ones. Um, I was talking about in class. This is my AP Chemistry class. So these are all seniors, um, which is a completely different conversation than my freshman yeah so i have basically teach seniors and freshmen so i'm talking about takeout that i got somewhere at a restaurant <laughs> oh, no. and i'm just like man i love this restaurant and this other restaurant is just horrible <laughs> so oh, i would no. not go there i know where this is going <laughs> and all of a sudden my AP chem class, it gets awkward. <laughs> and like, you know when you can feel it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking and I'm talking and then I stop talking. I'm like, okay, what's weird, guys? <laughs> Tell me. Like, Mr. Heller. Like, yeah. But like, Nick's parents own that restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Nick, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but your restaurant is terrible. <laughs> But it doesn't so, suck. That's so, <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I've been to that restaurant. It's fine. It's, it's just not my favorite. And so like, this became a joke. Oh no. And like, it's one of those things in a class. And like, classes, it'll become like the thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Nick later for Christmas brought me a gift card <laughs> to his parents' restaurant. <laughs> it gets worse. Oh no. So. Emily and I, that's my wife, for those of you that don't know that, um, <laughs> we go to the restaurant and Nick serves us. Okay? <laughs> so that's fine. Everything is going great. We had a great dinner. We pay. <laughs> I get home and I paid with a gift card. Yeah. Guess what I realized when I get home? I forgot to tip him. Oh, no. So I have told this kid oh, no. <laughs> his parents' restaurant is horrible. <laughs> He because gives you me, paid with the gift card. He gives me a gift card. And I forgot to tip him. <laughs> so I had to go back to the restaurant. Yeah, you and do. And I knocked on the kitchen door. And I'm like, here is $20. <laughs> I forgot about you. I am I'm sorry. sorry. Here is your tip. And it was like <laughs> as much as a bill. Like, I didn't care. Because I knew I'd have to, once again... Confess to AP Chem the next day oh. what happened about that. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's oh man. That's one of them. Um That's I, awesome. I have one more recent one. Do you want to hear this one too? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh. Go, go, so, go. So we are all wearing masks at school, obviously. Yeah. Um and 
it is very weird not seeing the lower half of people's faces. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like there's I've gotten like halfway through the year and like we'll take our kids outside for like mass breaks. Yeah. And like there's kids' faces I realize I haven't seen yet. And I'm like, they look completely different. <laughs> that is not what I expected okay. to be under there. So so we switch <laughs> we switch out the semester, we switch classes. Okay. And we started A V, that's my daughter, and swim lessons. All right. This is a really good story, guys. <laughs> So we get to swim lessons. Her first run of swim lessons was with one of my former students named Tegan. Great kid. I had her in AP Chem. AV loved that. Then we get to the second month of swim lessons. So the, it's the second month. It just starts. There's a ton of kids in this class. And I'm like, oh, AV's with Carissa this time. So one of my freshman students. So I was all excited. So after class was over, I brought AV over to the side of the pool. I'm like, AV, your teacher's Carissa. And she's one of my freshman students. And Chris is just like nodding her head and like, yeah. And like, there's another class about to start. And I'm like, Avi, can you tell Carissa? Thank you. And Avi's like, thanks, Carissa. So then the next day I get to class and it's Tuesday. And one of the things I do on Tuesdays in class is tell me something good Tuesday. So I wait to go very last and I'm like, and everyone shares their good thing. And I'm like, and here's my good thing. Oh, my no. good. <laughs> Do you know where this is going to? I have a feeling. I can see it. So my good thing is that my daughter has the best swim teacher. It's Carissa. And everyone's just quiet. I'm like, guys, what is wrong? And then Carissa's like, Mr. Heller, I don't even swim. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone else is like, what are you talking about, Heller? I'm like, she's Avi's swim teacher. And Chris is like, I'm not even on the swim team. I'm not her swim teacher. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) That was two levels of awkward. I know. So now there's this other (laughs) non-Carissa that we have to go back and see again and see again oh my well it was Emily's turn to take AV the next time and they were looking for non-Carissa but she just wasn't there yeah and then we actually only ever saw non-Carissa one other time <laughs> and I even asked some of the girls I know who that was and like non-Carissa they actually thought Emily thought that non-Carissa was probably like in her 20s yeah and I thought she was a freshman in high school <laughs> oh boy so I luckily never had to confront non-Carissa but yeah never again but oh man it was really funny oh that's a beautiful thing so oh no i'm good okay i <laughs> i was just at, i had almost it's not as bad but it was at a wedding yesterday and we pull up and the car beside us pulls up and i thought i recognized the guy mm. from church and i was like oh yeah that's so and so i told jess and we get out and i'm talking to jess but i'm kind of looking behind her at this <laughs> car and i'm like I don't recognize the lady that's with him. And I'm like, and so I'm kind of like looking at her. And then I realize she's looking at me. And I've been looking way too long to like back out of this and just act like I was looking at Jess. Yeah. And so I gave one of these like, I Hi. like a wave. The Forrest Gump wave. I don't know these people <laughs> at all. When they finally got out of the car, I don't, I literally oh, don't know them. Uh, at all and and so i'm like oh avoid 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 and so like (laughs) waited and i thought they were gonna you know walk in ahead of us and then i got talking to your brother and i got talking to a few other people and all of a sudden jess went and picked the seat and sat down and she wasn't aware of what had happened oh no these people are right there and i'm just like 
<laughs> I don't know. So do you say something? Do you not no, say something? No, you definitely something? don't say anything. You just let it be weird. Just let it go. Just yeah. let the weirdness Just marinate. let it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a weird question. Yes. Related to us being around each other for so long. One of the things that you did for oh years this could be no okay. no 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 this, this could be almost start out with anything. one of the things no, you no, did no this is not my a story mind's going to I'm, a lot is, of no, different no this places. isn't a story that you that you did because i've done a lot of no. bids no you have done a lot of dids and maybe we can touch on a couple of those but <laughs> some of them we cannot touch no on we cannot here. touch on some yeah. of them no we should not no <laughs> we could but we shouldn't <laughs> we're thinking about the exact thing right now yes <laughs> yes yeah. i have a involve a monte cristo no no this is a good story i was talking about camp oh yes yeah okay yeah anyways anyway um that's a different story. <laughs> so, about so, you basically, in in for, for what it was worth, you basically kind of toured with the band that I was with yes. in high school. Yeah, and you basically did lights and lyrics because we were a worship band. That's what we did, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're we're just as much a part of what we did. You just happened to not be on stage. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I'm kind of curious, like. Obviously, my whole experience of that was being the guy on stage. And so I'm kind of curious for you, like, what are your memories like of that? What was that time like? Because I know how I feel about it and yeah. the nostalgia I feel and the different things and how that informed some of the things I do now. And obviously, you're still involved in tech area at our church and different mm-hmm. things like that. So, like, what was that like? Like, first of all, I don't even remember how you ended up doing that with us. I was just there. Well, yeah. I mean, I was always just there. Yeah. I mean... I was probably there in your basement when you started playing together. Like, I don't know, like, probably just there. <laughs> no, I don't know how I started doing it just because. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my experience, Firepan. Am I yes. allowed to say that name on We're here? allowed. Yes. It doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah, so Firepan, a fragrant, a fragrant offering to the Lord. Um, <laughs> that's what it was. That's yes, what the banner said. That was the slogan. Um, yeah, it was, I just remember... I mean, how often would we do something? Every couple weekends, every weekend. Like, yeah, I mean, for what when we were doing step, when Wayne was our manager, we played like once, maybe twice a weekend. Like we were playing yeah. a lot. Um, I I remember going places. I I it was just fun being with you with you guys. Yeah, you know, and setting stuff up, um, getting the stage ready, setting the lights, and me and Matt, you know, yeah, we're back there doing tech, and we still do that, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> all these um, years later. But it it's a different perspective being, you know, in the back right. of the room and watching you guys lead worship in the front of the room. And I every time you talk about it on stage at church or something like that, it you you explain it so accurately. Yeah. To be back there running the lights, running the lyrics, and then just like feel like the worship enter the room. Yeah. I don't know. There's like I wanted to be there for that. Yeah. And like I always felt like I was part of that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I, I still feel like that. And I still feel like lights and sound are a huge part of the worship experience. Yeah. And I love being part of that. And I loved, and I, I knew where you guys were going before you, you yeah. were like lyric wise. Like, yeah, like, there were, there were literally times I would make something up. And if I repeated it, Eric would have the lyrics up for it. Yeah the next yeah. time around like he just had that he had the same kind of connection with the band that band members typically yes. have when they're do, doing that like but give that, and take that's thing. interesting because you are doing a job like yeah. you're doing a job they're doing a job too yeah sure but they're in the moment like it's a creative artistic thing and people don't think of what 
you're doing in Eric in the back of the room right. as much. And I always kind of wondered how do sound people really connect with the worship experience? Are, yeah. Do you feel like the pressure's on you and like you're working, but you're describing an experience where you're like actually entering into worship yeah. and you're yeah. you're wanting to be in the room and feeling a part of things, which is good. Yeah. Like I I I've never done a whole lot of that i've mm. run words a few times but for me i'd rather be on the floor just in worship or like i don't know yeah i i obviously have led from the stage i don't necessarily enjoy leading worship from the stage i think about like like let's go with obsession right yeah so yeah. so and they would do obsession every concert i mean let's be yeah. serious sounds like you know it starts like and my heart burns and like i'm gonna put on red lights for that okay and <laughs> yeah but, but like <laughs> But seriously, and there wasn't a lot of options. We, you know, yeah. we just had four colors, and like it wasn't like yeah. crazy, but it was bare bones. But that sets a mood. Yeah, and like a lot of people may not notice that, and you guys probably don't even notice it. But like, oh, people we noticed. do. We notice some do. But like, <laughs> putting on the color red when you're talking about a heart and burning, like yeah. that is worship, and that that right. sets a mood, and it does. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, and like, it's just one of the things. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that is how I worship, and I like doing that. And I notice those things whenever I'm somewhere. Yeah, whether well, and that's that's one of the things I loved. And I, I obviously I can't see you as well now when you're doing anything up in the tech booth because it's way further yes. away. But like back in the day, like I would look back there, and you're you know jumping around and head banging to what mm-hmm. we're doing as you're doing the lighting, as you're doing the lyrics. And I don't know how you did both at the same time. By the way, that was kind of astounding to me. But you did. It was a simpler system. Yes, yeah, so, but still, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless, you were you were doing that and still prancing around back there in the same way I was up on up on stage you upstairs know? in the yeah. loft yeah um but but one of the things and th- it made me think of that because you were talking about Matt Hammond as well and he he'll often say that to me he's like he's like this sounds bad and it sounds manipulative he said but I know he's like when I'm running sound when you hit when you're doing a certain song I know what fader to push to get hands to go up all over the room he's yeah. like because you do you just get that sense of like yeah. of reading what's happening in the moment and and you're just as involved mm-hmm. in those things even in those areas which again sure. most a you don't get the credit for that you should for yeah. for people that are running tech and making worship services happen and whatnot but it is it is very much you are playing that item it's an artistic lighting, expression it is. It is. just like just like somebody getting up there with a big old flag that people see or notice or yeah. or maybe don't notice yeah but it adds something to the room yeah and people would say oh that's a, a form of dance or some sort of artistic expression right and lights and sound are the same way yeah. like there's artistic expression in it like you look at the old testament and the lord blesses particular people with craftsman abilities in order to overlay gold over pomegranates and you know whatever else that went into building the tabernacle like how they pomegranates yeah uh, Yeah, and the the chain links and like all kinds of things me and nate read a lot of the the old testament this year (laughs) yeah yeah so the and and the way they wove the the curtains and everything yeah. in the temple. There's a whole. I don't know why pomegranates. Almonds were in there too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And like chains. But anyway, there was people that were gifted artisans that were supposed to, that were gifted by the Lord to do this work, and it was very artistic, very detailed, and yet added something to the worship of the Most High God. Yeah. Like, I and and He specifically ordained that. And we don't think of sound and lights and lyrics and things like that as 
adding the same artistic flair or even being a gift that the Lord gives someone. Yeah. But it is just as much as playing a guitar. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, you know, in, in any, in any sense, I mean, even if, and if yet some guys, sound guys sit back there and it look like they hate their life. Yes. Like, that's, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> not that's at our church. No, yeah. no, I know <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is, I mean, if you think about that in terms of anything, even if you're thinking entertainment, like you go to a show, whether it's mm. a, a concert or whether it's a, uh, like a stage production or, or, a, you know, a play or whatever, if you just had like fluorescent lights, d- It would it would suck like it would it would be terrible and and it would blow yeah it would blow yeah sorry (laughs) no sucking all blowing I can't believe I just said that anyway but the the (laughs) the thing that was always good yeah no we're all right we're all right I'm gonna keep us on track I think teetering on the precipice (laughs) no I got it I got us one of the things that was that was always good to know is like you know it was it was us four initially and or five six i think we had six max guys on stage back when travis was with yeah. us for a while and there was something about always knowing that you and matt were there too like mm-hmm. we kind of brought this entire atmosphere with us yeah um and later on we actually had a, a team of teens from our church that would come with us like right. they would wear shirts and everything and and we're like they acted as kind of a prayer team did some different things it became a whole it was like a, yeah. a whole thing production but that idea of having at least two people in the back of the room that you knew were with you yeah. because we did everything from playing for 1500 people to you know like five people in little coffee shops and everything in between we played county fairs we did mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff and you just never knew what you were walking into but the same thing happened every single time we went and it would happen at different points during during the the shows during the events but at some point there would be some kind of breakthrough yeah. where something would just happen yeah and and i know you always sense that from your end of the room as well as what we sense from yeah. the front but that's just one of the things i guess we've never really talked a whole lot about it was kind of a chapter in our life that we went through together and then it just wasn't a thing anymore and it was like well yeah that was great yeah but not something we've really reflected on a whole lot so when you were going to come on here that was like ah, that's one thing i want to talk about a little bit I like that. One thing that I always admired about Eric is like you are good for about three solid group games right now (laughs) for about a hundred teens at the drop of a hat. There is there is literally no one I know. I I know a lot of people and there is no one I could put up in front of a hundred teens that could fill 45 minutes with three games right now and everybody felt like they had a great time yeah. and we're glad to be there. Yeah. How do you do this? Where do you where do you find these games? I'm telling you, uh, my mind is twisted. Um, it is true. It really is. And just the way I think I, I will I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I have an idea. I will the be- Do you write these down? I do. I have a note in my phone. I have a note in my phone that's called like fall retreat. Like I have a fall retreat twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one, like ready to go. Um but like these are not games that you find online. Like you like No, you this don't. is only in my head. <laughs> I and that's the thing. I would we would play some of these games and I'm like, how did we have a hundred kids doing this? <laughs> yes. And what kind of where did we find out how that this could be done? There's no you don't find out. Like you you don't even know what's gonna work. You find no. out in the moment. Until yeah. it's gonna happen. Um no, I that's just how my mind works and I love just seeing okay i don't know you've pulled off a lot of these which ones stand out in your mind that okay. you can just share with the oh, yeah. audience like- obviously 
So there was a game at Fall Retreat, and I usually I like to have some kind of eating thing <laughs> in there. I don't know if Nate's even heard of this. There's there's usually activity of some right. kind. There's an eating one, but they're all challenges in right. some way. Like we divide basically 80 kids into, into four, four groups. And I try to do stuff that's like team building and get the whole team together, like something where like one person can come out and like be a captain. This or... is what I'm wondering, the elements of this. Yeah. No, but like there is like a sort of a plan. Like, you know, you have to start out where everyone's involved doing something and then have like, that's a low stakes game. Right. And then like, you got to go to like a medium stakes where like more people are going out there and like putting themselves out there. And then like at the end, all the points are made up. Yeah. And they truly don't matter. <laughs> but you know whoever wins the last game is going to win. Yeah. So, like, the high stakes game is usually the last game. And so, this, you know which one I'm going to say, Sheldon, yes, I think. Yes, I do. So, I had got Wendy's yeah. before uh, I came down. A Wendy's right? four for four. A Wendy's four for four. So, there was, I actually think there was, I got a fifth thing. So, I got fries, yeah. a double stack, spicy chicken nuggets, yeah. and a cherry coke so i think it was yeah, a four it was. for four. It that was, was it four for four and it was Did in I, the bag and, and it was in the bag sitting there so and i i just put out the wendy's and i i, I put the wendy's out and i also this, this was whole, a high stakes game they've been stepped up that, to right this. so they'd stepped all the way up to this and i said who likes eating wendy's everybody goes crazy all right well then i need four people to come up here and four people come up there and then i lift the table cover off this table and there's four blenders. <laughs> this this was unbelievable. And now, I don't have a sense of smell, right? Which is something very interesting and odd about me. Yes. But we blended that food together. It and by blended, all like, you did, all, and so you I mean, know it's completely edible, right? Yeah, yes. Because it's all in these bags. It's fresh from Wendy's. You could smell it. It's when lukewarm you open at this the bag, point. When you open this bag, it smells good. When yeah. you take the lid off the Coke. It smells good. When you put the chicken nuggets, the fries, the burger, the spicy nuggets, and the Coke in there and, and you, you blend it, blend, the smell that comes. People said, I I was, it was dry like, heaving. Yes. Just like, I, I was like, what is this? And I like held it up and like took a whiff. I have not smelled anything <laughs> like this before. And I didn't get to experience that because I can't <laughs> smell it. But like what it looked like, uh, it just looked gray. It was gray. Yeah. It was like, like on the brown side of gray. And like, <laughs> and it was, it was like the biggest and like a large Coke from Wendy's is a huge yeah, thing. Yeah. And it was a lot oh my goodness. of just junk. But you know, you know. That any one of those teens could eat all of that food yes. all at once. and not feel ill. Any yeah. teen could eat all of that in like three minutes. Yeah, I could. Is, I could eat that in three minutes. This right, is right. ten o'clock at night. They would have right. inhaled that. And I don't think there was any team that took less than what six, seven kids to like finish it. Oh yeah. Until like a Garrett would do it. Like, yeah. you need a Garrett to finish one of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a family of true champions and multiple that have come kids through our youth group. and multiple kids did throw up. Yeah. yeah, there was there was a big trash can there, and it's like they would take a couple gulps, feeling like I got this, I got this, go go, go. and then it's over. And there we go. It was unbelievable. And these are and like I think about like when I was a teen, like fun stuff. Like this is more higher stakes than when I like. Oh I yeah, up in the ante because yeah, I would never do that. No, no way. No, 
And that was the thing. Like, but I, you never left that impression. You're just like, oh, this no. Is they don't know that I wouldn't do that. But they I do would never do they that. They know now. They know now. Anyone who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I. Oh. And, and honestly, when I saw the blenders, I still thought, oh, this, this is still going to be fun. Like, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And once I started drinking and gagging, I was like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> it's not fun. It is happening to everyone. That's, that's yes. A, now, see, what I would love to see, not love to see, but I'd love to know, if you had blended each thing individually mm. and like said, okay, here you go, nuggets, if it would have been better or worse. Yeah, but you need the liquid to kind of take that burger from I, the little. No, I I get that from the bits. I get yeah. that. But but say okay, so the, say we do that like Coke with everything, Coke with everything. But each thing individually, like mm. if it would be easier. Which was the grossest? Like maybe you could do like a tiered system. Like okay, we're gonna do this this way, and then for the championship, okay, now we're gonna put it all into one. Mm. I don't know. It's just a thought. It's yeah. just a thought. Adding to the twistedness. That Since could I, that could up the ante. <laughs> I mean, teens, teens will do anything. Yeah, so. glow in the dark ultimate frisbee was <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I bought a oh, I bought a glow in the dark frisbee. Yeah, and we were gonna do it. And we did it. We all that was incredible. People were wearing like glow, glow in the sticks. dark necklaces. Yeah, or bracelets, and it's pitch black. You're out at a camp, so there's no so cool. outside lights, and glow in the dark frisbee, and people are running around with wristbands or something around their neck and just so you don't have the massive collisions that you would right. if everybody was in the dark yeah but yeah it was cool that was that was cool kind of ruined me for ultimate frisbee any other way i know kind of like glow in the dark bocce yes. in the dark all bocce the other is bocce the is no Speaking fun of that, still <laughs> you have. still have my two balls <laughs> i need to <laughs> i have two of yours and you have two of i have mine. two of his Hallelujah. we need to exchange those our bocce ball sets got <laughs> yes. mingled yes <laughs> so every time i see him at church i'm like i still have two balls for you <laughs> Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm thankful it wasn't three. It's just so much better this way. Where do we go from here? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're teetering on that precipice. Um, oh, my goodness. Was there Let's any see. other games that stand out to you or just the Wendy's one? Uh, that's all. I, okay. I'm, I that's can't good. think of anything else right now. Yeah. I can think of two answers to a tr to trivia games that Eric uh, Eric did for me that I learned because of playing the game, and I will not okay. I, I will not say what the questions are, but I will say what the answers are. Okay. One is Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. And two is Grass. <laughs> those are those are two <laughs> answers that I got wrong in a trivia game that i played with the staff with you yep. and i think those were the only two answers i missed yes and i legitimately learned something both of those nights i'll elaborate later because i don't want to ruin it in case eric ever uh yeah ever does this game with anybody else but yeah born in the usa and grass i'm so confused yes you won't be later we'll tell we'll let you in yeah on it. all right good so so i can't i can't have you here okay without talking about this all right now what <laughs> i would like to both talk about your luck uh, but oh. then also, I would like to talk about all of the things that you have won. Okay. Not just from luck, but through 
an actual skill thing that you just happen to, for whatever yeah. reason, be able to do. Yes. So let's start with. Uh, I haven't known you for as long as Nate has <laughs> known you, and I'll, you're already the luckiest guy that I know. Like, yes. if you're going to be in a drawing of 1,200 people, you want Eric to put your ticket in. Yes. I've actually done that. <laughs> yes, he has. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yes. Okay. So, so the. Yes. Well, we'll just let you go with this. So go I ahead. wanted to go with because I I'm I'm foggy on remembering when this really started. Yes. So when did this start? This just weird did uncanny. Did you trip and hit your head? Yeah. Or, no, I, did a leprechaun jump out of a bush and slap you? Like what he's happened? He's probably holding him captive in his basement. Yes. Ah, my lucky charms. He doesn't have a basement. I don't have a basement. You're right. That's true. All right. I I. Here is when I, it may have started. Okay. So when I was a kid, I would go to pop machines and I would just press a button. <laughs> and a lot of the times I would get free pops. Yes. Like, I am not kidding, Shelly. No, it's like, true. And do I, I press all the pop buttons all the time when I was a kid because I didn't have any I money know. and I just wanted the pop so bad and, that I would just hit and the And do buttons. you want to know where I got the free pops mostly? At Kmart. <laughs> For some reason, the pop machines at Kmart were the lucky ones. <laughs> so that's when, like, you know, you start to think, oh, that's cool. Um, that's one of the earliest Free things I can remember, me. like, winning, I guess. Yeah. Um, I remember being at King's Island, and this was probably, it was the first time I rode a roller coaster. Okay. So it had been fourth, fifth grade, somewhere like that. And <laughs> I found a $20 bill on the ground. And, like, that was a lot of money. Like, yeah. In fourth, it still is a lot of money. I'd yeah. love to find a twenty dollars bill now. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Um, and then probably one of the youngest things I won was there was like a football pick'em in the Daily Record, and I knew nothing about football as a kid. This was sixth grade. Yeah. And I filled out. I picked. You know how many games is there? Sixteen games a weekend. Sure. Fifteen, yeah. sixteen games, and I picked every one right. And every one of an NFL game, right? Yes, I picked every one right. Do you know right. how hard that is to do? Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the top prize was $1,000. Second place was 100 But another older man picked them all right as well. Uh, and he had the tiebreaker score. And I wasn't old enough to know like what a score of an NFL game really would be. Yeah. So I only won $100. Yeah. And I would have won 1000 Wow. So that's... Wow. So that's like kind of where it started pretty early. Yeah. Fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah, for sure. And then like I would say from there, when they used to have like pop bottle caps. Yeah. And like Oh yeah, you'd twist it off. Yeah, you'd twist it. it off and say like free twenty ounce. I won those all the time. All the time. And I will tell you an honest like This I is would, a weird yeah, story. But I will tell you this actually happened. I would I would swear to this in court. Yes. Because I watched it happen. Well, I actually only saw the second part. Yeah, you I didn't saw, see it before. Yeah. yeah. So I <clears throat> I remember we were at Grove City, yep, Church of the Nazarene. We were playing for their youth revival. We were there for like three days. Mm -hmm. And this was like the second day we were there. And we go up and they had a, a you know, just a table that was like just pop you could have because back then that was just well you right. still do that but you know just yeah. pop you have and you'd have 20, 20 ounces <clears throat> yeah because 20 ounces probably because like fifty cents right <clears throat> so I go over and I think it was a sprite even I think that's what it was because I was yeah. mostly drinking clear pop at the time so I grabbed one and I opened it up and I looked at the ca cap and I was like oh man and I said to the crowd like you never win anything with these yes and and even showed like yeah it's like oh you know sorry try again and I showed it to people. I put the cap back on after I took a swig of it, this is and true. I set it down. It's not near anything else. It's the only thing open on the table. 
Eric comes into the room, picks up my pop, not realizing that it was already open because I just took a little swig, takes the top off. And he's like, hey, I won. And I'm like, no, you didn't. I was yes, like, I, I just, did. He's like, yeah, I did. And he shows it to me. And he had won. Yes, I did. And again, I don't know what happened or how. All I know is I had a losing can of or a losing bottle of Sprite that I put the lid back on, yes. set down, did not take my eyes off of it. He comes waltzing up and opens it up and won. I have no idea what happened there. That's a great story. But it was true. That it was absolutely true. Yeah. And I don't remember what you won. I mean, I think it was just like another, three, like a 20, free 20 ounce, ounce yeah. or something like that. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it happened. Yeah. And there's no reason that should have happened. And it did right. happen. And yeah. I witnessed it. Yeah. So moving on from there. Um, so like, I kind of like was getting a name for like winning things. Um, and I was actually at Walmart one day with, and they were giving away a PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> the first PlayStation. The PlayStation. <laughs> the PlayStation. And I, I didn't have any money and I was just, in there with my parents you know like yeah. picking up something and and dan head was in there and he heard the announcement for the playstation he said hey um if i buy a ticket will you write my name on it and put it in the drawing for me i'm like sure i'll do that so he buys a ticket i write his name on there and i'm like you're gonna win he's like okay and like so we waited and the drawing was about to come up and i distinctly remember and the winner of the PlayStation is Dan Heed. I'm like, oh my goodness, Dan Head. I look at Dan, he's like, he points me like, you won. He's like, how did you do that? So you won a PlayStation for for, for the heads. For the heads. Okay. Yes. And, and they took it with them. They yeah, didn't of course. Even yeah. No, and, I didn't care. And in it was all, great. and in all, how many gaming systems have you won over the years? I think I've won. Two what? or three gaming systems, um, digital cameras. Um, I, I've won. I've won just a lot of things. Um, I've won a lot of bigger things too. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you want to hear next? What's okay, the biggest so, crowd that you've won in? Okay, the biggest crowd is a, a, a NCAA Division One football game. <laughs> what? So, do you not know this story? No. You oh might not even gosh. know this story, Sheldon. So, this is this is where it gets into the random this skills. This is where it, it this if, doesn't if even make sense. Yeah, it doesn't right. make sense. It's like the pop can it's so, like the pop bottle. Yeah. So let's 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 just talk about me. I, I was not the most athletic person growing up. Played and a like, lot of sports, at played least sports, pick up. not athletic. And like I would say I'm in the most athletic shape I am in my life now. Like Yeah. You my, are my weirdly good at Frisbee. Yeah, I am. And You're like very good at that. And like my like in, in college I was not in good shape. Like I gained forty pounds in college. Yeah. You, being able to use my zip card in McDonald's, not a good thing. Um, <laughs> bad combo. Um, I'm so glad I did, didn't meet my wife in college. She says that all the time. Um, so anyways, so I got picked before a football game to kick a field goal at halftime. All right? So I knew I was going to do this. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to kick the football I've in your never life. kicked the football. Like, I, don't play, I never played football. I played basketball, and that was the only sport I really ever played. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win this. And if I was successful kicking the field goal, I won Chick-fil-A for the whole stadium. Okay. So everybody won like a free like 10. It was either a free sandwich or a free 20 pack of nuggets. So like there's a lot riding on this. And <laughs> yeah, for me, that's a lot of chicken. And for me, I won like, I know I was going to win like, like a, a, it was like a whole party platter of chicken nuggets. So like that you would have eaten yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so like for a college kid, like this is pretty exciting. Yeah. So I go up there and 
my best friend in college, Willie, he was the, the on-field announcer. And he's like, and here's Eric Eller, and he's going to attempt to kick a field goal. And he just looks at me like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I lined up just like I knew what I was doing, and I took a couple steps back yeah, and a couple the, steps. Even I even hand. lined up with the hand. Yeah, the, the hand thing. And someone has this on video somewhere. Um, and I went up and I kicked that ball straight through the uprights. <laughs> And the crowd literally went wild. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Like, gives you chills wild. And, like, you know, I'm there celebrating, and I've got, like, my gold jacket on. And, like, it was just insane. So. you got to talk about that, too, in a minute. Yeah. But but tell me, how far out was it? I mean, I know it wasn't, like, ridiculous. It was an extra out. point. Okay, yeah, so it was extra point distance. So that's what, 15, 20? You, you, I don't know. What would it be? Like 20, 20 with the end zone? 13 yards, something like that. Far enough. But yeah. I, the thing is, like, I've never – like, they had done it the whole season and no one had made one. <laughs> it's 17 now, – uh, no, it's something like they snap it from the two-yard line and then you go seven yards back. Okay. So that's nine plus the – this is very technical. Nine plus the end zone is nine, 19. Right. So I think it was it's like, like 20 17, yards. 17 to yeah. 19 yards somewhere Now this was teed up, but yeah. most people just kick it and just goes flat on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, anyway, so I made it. <laughs> so that was one of the biggest things. Um, the other big thing in college I won besides that was at a basketball game, <clears throat> I got picked to do the halftime contest to win Pepsi supplies for a year. And <laughs> how do you even get picked to do that? Like that this is, is part, part of it, it. too. Like, and like it's nothing that I try to do. Yeah. No. Like if I tried to win the lottery, I know I wouldn't win. Cause like, it's not. Forced. I think that's what everybody's wondering. Why you don't play the lottery? I just. I, it just. I know the lottery seems stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> what does Dave Ramsey say? It's a tax on stupid people. Yeah, the lottery is <laughs> on, a poor tax on, on poor people. On poor people. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. No, yeah. That's right. Uh, I mean, no. I think he says stupid people. He might. <laughs> I can see Dave saying that. But I'm just saying, like, it's the odds are like astronomical but like yeah. you know anyways so i was picked to do this out of the crowd and i had to make basically um, a three-point um a free throw and a layup in that order yeah and i remember i the other guy i was going against was actually like a guy i've seen at intramurals like pretty good we both made our three-pointers and then we both made our free throws and i'm like okay and i get up there and, and he missed his layup <laughs> And then, so he he quick got his rebound, and I I remember watching this, and I don't I was like watching on the big screen when this was happening, and my ball went in just before his went in. Yeah, and like congratulations to Eric Heller, you've won Pepsi supplies for a year. I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> Here's what that meant. <laughs> a week later, they called me and said, "Hey, your Pepsi supplies for a year are here." I'm like, "What is that?" Well, we have a pallet of 52 12 packs of Pepsi <laughs> Pepsi products. <laughs> Literally a Pepsi for every day in the year. I mean, more than 52 that. It was 52 is a week. 12 packs. Oh, yeah, that's more than a Pepsi a day. So I had to call my dad <laughs> say, Hey, dad, bring the van up here. And this was my senior year. I remember that because we ended up using that for my graduation party, my brother's graduation party. Um, I had pop, like, I just had like the supply of pop on my, on my dorm floor. Like, yeah. Jeez. So. <laughs> I know these stories and it still mystifies no, me. These I, yeah, I these are not new to me. These. Yeah, I I just yeah I've I've oft I've always said that you playing the lottery would not even be gambling. Yeah, I just don't be. think it would be. So, oh man, but yeah, Eric is literally the luckiest person <clears throat> that I've ever known. And I'll admit, I I thought 
I, I will I will do a humble brag on this. Eric met his wife because of me and my wife. That Kayla, is true. Kayla was friends with Emily growing up, and we were just having a conversation one day. And we're like, hey, we should introduce Eric and Emily and see what happens. What happens is they got married and they have two kids and their life is great. Yes. <laughs> right? That is still the case, right? Yes, Y'all are still good. 100%. Um, and so I thought when Eric met Emily, because Eric was the kind of guy that you're like, you don't look at Eric and think to yourself, oh, he's never going to get married. But you're like, it will take a special kind of person to marry Eric because Eric <laughs> is just so this true. conglomerate of Eric. Like he is just, there was, there was, I, I mean, you never dated really. No. In high school, never really dated in college. No. <clears throat> Maybe went out on a date or two, but just never really did. You know, right. you had other things you were doing, whatever. And so I thought when he finally met and married Emily, I thought, okay, his luck has to have, he must have used it all up on that. Yes. Like yes. that, it just yeah. is, nope. Nope, it's still He's thing. Still, yes. It still happens. Still cashing in. It's still yep. cashing in. I don't understand it, but it is truly, truly Eric is the luckiest person I have ever heard of other than the, like those guys that get struck so by Pepsi, lightning multiple times and don't Pepsi die. Pepsi for a year. <laughs> still on this. And all the game systems, what is the biggest thing that you've won? Was it the Pepsi for a year? Um, Maybe. I, I mean, I, I did win. I've won a digital camera. That was a pretty expensive digital camera back then. And that was when I was a grad student in, in college. <laughs> that was just like at a, a random game night, and I put a ticket in. Just one. Yeah. I'd, just I'd, one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the most expensive thing is, but it, they, I've won things in the thousands of dollars of range multiple times. Weren't you on some sort of TV show? Oh, yeah. I was on a game show. I forgot about that. I yes. As, I as well. Yeah. I was on you a- You were too? No, I forgot. Yeah, so I was on a game show um, called Let's Ask America, <coughs> and I was I was on this game show, and I got picked to be on it. it was one, it was a game show where like you played from home through yeah. Skype? Yeah. yeah, it was it was like a pre-COVID precursor. I mean, yeah, but this was like yeah, <laughs> this was like way before back, yeah. Zoom or anything like that. And so I tried out for it through Skype and all that, and I I remember <coughs> that I I got one question away from winning the money. Yeah. And it would have been like $25,000. And it was a question about, I know the question because I would have won $25,000. <laughs> the question was, would a girl rather dump her guy or keep the cat? That was like, because they were surveying Americans, right? Yeah. And you had to say like what you thought America would say. <laughs> and I said, I think the girl would keep the guy. And that was wrong. Yeah. Like, she would definitely like, keep the cat, yeah. keep the pet or whatever that keep, was. Keep the cat and dump the guy. Yes. Yeah. Which I would have so, guessed that. But I wasn't thinking. Were you single like at the time when you did no, that? No, we, we were married. Been married. We were married. Okay, yeah. But we didn't have a cat yet. So, <laughs> so you didn't understand. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I've been on a game show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you dropped the gold jacket a second ago. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the gold jacket. Yeah, so in college, um, I just I've always loved sports. I've been a huge fan of sports, and me and my buddy, I've already mentioned Willie. We just started going to games, and we decided to create an organization called the AK Rowdies. And the word Rowdies actually was an acrostic that st stood for Ruthless R O O because of Fear the Roo because zippy is a kangaroo yeah so ruthless obnoxious wild dedicated insane egotistical students <laughs> was the rowdies and we just started going to games and at akron university at akron at the university of akron you got it and we started having 20 people do with us 30 people 50 people and 
by the end of the first year, we'd have like 100 people coming to games. So then we decided to buy t-shirts and become like an official student organization. And I was at Goodwill one day. I don't know why, because in college you go to Goodwill. That's right. right? That's a thing back then. You just go to Goodwill. Yep. And my fashion sense is not good. <laughs> um, it's not. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> Emily has helped you a lot. She has. I, I mean, I used to wear tie-dyes like under polo shirts. <laughs> And I would still do that, but I know that <laughs> my wife would kill me. This, she is, won't let this you. is why Nate yes. said you were a conglomeration. You are. Yes, like it's Literally just me. Literally your outfits. Like, were... like I can grow. I have, a, I have a growth mindset. I can grow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But I saw this gold jacket at Goodwill, and I'm like, I should wear that to a game. Which so, was like like the Century 21 oh, uh, realtor, like the gold jacket, like that yes. kind of jacket. like Just like, like that. 70s era. Yeah. Yes. And so I wore that to the first football game that year, and I I got on the big screen every game. Like, that's just, I mean, yeah. just because. You became kind of an unofficial yes. mascot. And and so I started wearing this gold jacket, and then by the end of the second year, there was 1,000 AK Rowdies. Yeah. So this is, like, the thing on campus. And, like, eventually, like, you know, I'm Mr. AK Rowdy, and, like, me and Willie are running this thing, and it just – becomes this huge thing and we'd travel to games and the coaches would come and give speeches to the rowdies and it was incredible <laughs> like it was one of those things like you know people want to belong yeah right and like the rowdies was a place to belong for people who didn't play the sports and just wanted to watch yeah yeah and like sure like it was it was amazing yeah it was just one of those things we started and it became you know bigger than us and it was awesome yeah now so just, i forget does that organization still exist it does, but it's a shell of what it used to be. It's just Akron has changed a lot, and they've had some the university that has money problems. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. Like, but it had some staying power after you left. It did. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I kept going because I was single <laughs> <laughs> after grad school for like three or four more years. Yeah. Because what else would I do? Yeah. But then you know you kind of fade in the distance. But you I still, still have the gold I was jacket. Say, you still have the jacket and the gold glasses that I would wear with it. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Ak Rowdies. Yes. Good. A good period of life. And I think that's I, that's one of the things that I feel like sums you up is you're the kind of dude that like initial impressions meeting you, you would think to yourself, I wonder where he fits in, mm. like what crowd you fit in. Because you just because you don't you work in every situation. You are just like a universal multi tool like you just work. And and I've seen that. I've seen you use that all my life, all of our life together, I've seen you use that to include people who normally wouldn't be included. Right. I've seen you use it to bridge gaps between the popular kids and the kids that they'd pummel. And yeah. you, you just have this ability, like few people I've ever seen to bridge. You're just a bridge builder. And, and it's because it's almost like you are the bridge for so many right. of these people. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I've always been fascinated about with you and, and, and always appreciated about you is like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where a kid's from. It doesn't matter where a person's from. It doesn't matter what their life's been like. Like you can find a way to, to connect with them and draw them out of themselves and connect them to other people. And that's a rare gift. For what's, sure. what's one of the things when you meet somebody new that you just, that, how do you open that conversation? How do you get to know somebody like brand new for people that are more introverted and that's a scary thing for them? I think you have to, I mean, find a common ground. I mean, make yeah. them feel, make them feel included. I mean, you're right. Uh, thank you. That, that's <laughs> yeah. really like, it's that true. really like hit me in feels. Um, it <laughs> oh, did. I would like, affirm all of that. Yeah, like that, that means a lot yeah. um, hearing that. I think you just, 
I meet a new person, I know that there's some kind of common ground and a smile and I don't know. I, I want them to be included and there, yeah. Whatever That's I can huge. do to include somebody. Like I like getting people in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they don't have to stay in with me, whatever group it is, but I just want them in. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So whatever I can do to make that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good a good point. It's like you and I it, even tying back to your earlier point, we're saying you know you realize not everybody's going to like you, but you have this thing where it's like, but you're going to like something here. Like yeah. you may not like me, but I'm going to find something to get you get yeah. you in with. You know, and that that idea of like you just want people to be in. And yeah. again, I've seen that all my life with you. People are attracted to you, but your humility is like you're not trying to hold them there or make it about you or yeah. anything like that. I've seen you work really well with other leaders, like. You'll come into a crowd of teens, get them all involved. Everybody feels included, like they're a part of something. And then say the youth pastor wants to come in and do something more serious. You have no problem with that transition. It's not like this is my group of kids that are all around me because the whole thing wasn't about you. It was about the group. Mm -hmm. And you have a way of just like setting that group on fire and like making the group feel like it's all about them. Right. You know. And and then naturally switching over to other leaders that come and go. And that that's a rare gift as well. Like there's a lot of people that are leaders that like that attention enough that they have trouble sharing yeah. the platform. And, yeah, and for sure. you don't you don't need that to thrive. No. Nope. Which is amazing. But it's actually put you on more platforms yeah, than for most sure. people that I know. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah that's pretty cool. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You guys are like, it's really? No, it's like, true. Okay, we're getting... No, you know, but it, it makes me think, too, about, you know, like, when we went through the whole Church Unique process, Yeah. and you being a part of that, like, all three of all us three were of a part of that. Yeah, and so most cool. of you don't know what that is, but it's okay. We know we're having moments it, it was, now, It was so a visioning okay. process yeah. for our church. We've right. kind of been doing the same thing for a little while, and we really wanted to, like, distill down where we're going, right. who we are, and what we're about. Right. Yeah, and, it so. was, and it was more like identifying what was there as opposed right. to, like... We're going to change the the nature of the culture of who we are. But like, honestly, I look back at those weeks. What was it? Almost a year. Yeah. Was it a year or more? (laughs) But I have not probably had more fun at our church ever than we had during that time. Oh, I mean, even like the, the dynamic that the three of us struck, like when yeah. we would get put into groups together, <clears throat> which I feel like my dad did on purpose quite a bit. Probably. <clears throat> um, it, there was just there was just something about that. And mm-hmm. and I feel like so much of, of, of those qualities that we're talking about came out in that. Um, and again, they were things what that I've known. What was funny was I we were like going round and round. We had had one long meeting and it was rolling into another long meeting about what our mission statement should yeah. be. Mm-hmm. And Eric's just like, writing words down on his paper and i'm just i'm not creative but i will recognize creativity when i see it (laughs) so like i need a good idea to like run with and i'm just kind of watching you write things on your paper (laughs) and like cheating off your notes and all of a sudden i'm like what did you just write there and he's like oh yeah it's just i was playing around with these words i'm like i really like that i think i added one word yeah and that's our mission statement today yep it's it was it was one of those things (laughs) that i'm i'm not that that creative person but i i love it i love yeah. it working in, in a group like that i like making the ideas yes <laughs> i do and like i'm sometimes yeah. okay with like implementing the ideas but i'm okay with just starting it yeah so like here you go yeah. yeah and then you move on yeah all right well we're, we're getting close on time but there there's one more thing significant thing i'd, I'd like to ask you about okay <clears throat> so my growing up years i spent homeschooling and when I finally did go do higher education, I went to a Bible college because that was for mm. 
ordination in our denomination. Um, Sheldon's experience was kind of a mixed experience, some public, some Christian, and yep. went to a Christian Bible college it, as well. Uh, Christian elementary, public <laughs> high school, then Christian Bible college. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a ministry family. Right. And uh, even you, you kind of had not a ministry family and then a ministry family. Yeah. Uh, even though you were always committed to the church, always sure. lay leaders like that was, always, I mean, you were literally the first kid I met in 1995 when yes. we moved here, you and your brother in your matching silk shirts. <laughs> um, I can remember it like it was yesterday. That sounds Were they adorable. turquoise? Yeah, no, it would have had. It would have been one of those weird, like uh, electric pat, like the electric yep, blue yep, patterns yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, but let me ask you this: like, I know the struggles that I had going through life and 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 finding my identity in Christ, finding my identity as a churchman, um, even being in what some would say is a sheltered environment. Um, for you, not only doing that in high school you know, grade school, high school, and then going on into college. Um, what was it for you that, that kept you anchored during all of that? Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like you had, I mean, you had a a large friend group at the church and it's like I was saying before, like you worked in every crowd, like you had a large friend group at high school, you had a large friend group at the church. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you went to college, like nobody went with you, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you had a, a, couple of buddies that really went like you just you just went like that's where you went and so how did that what was that like and what kept you anchored during those seasons that's a really good question I I remember my freshman year of college and this is the University of Akron yeah not a not a Christian school at all right and I remember the first weekend I was there and I don't know how but I ended up at a basement beer bong party. Like, yeah. I don't know how I ended up there. <laughs> Probably because I was sheltered. Right? And someone just invited me over to someone's house. Because you, like, yeah. you work in every crowd. You're going to yeah. get invited to things. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I had up at this party. I'm like, what is going on here? And, like, and I think that was, like, the first decision I had to make. Mm. And I made a good decision. And I think after that, like, the next time uh, something would come up, I made a good decision. And I don't think that, I don't think it's anything that like church got me or my faith got me. Like, yes, you have faith, but like making one good decision and then another good decision and then another good decision. Mm. Like once that ball gets rolling, it's not that hard. Yeah. And And I really was grounded in the church and like, yes, I'm a rule follower and all of that. And like, I saw some weird stuff in six (laughs) years at school Yeah, and like. Mm-hmm. And like I saw so many bad decisions, and like the stories I could tell you, like it is, it's insane. Yeah. Like what you imagine at a college, imagine that like times three. Like it all happens. Yeah. yeah. And I think I realized that people are watching me. Mm. Yeah. And I knew that I needed to be different. Mm-hmm. And if if God really does live in me, and if I'm going to be different, then I have to keep making those good decisions. Yeah. Mm. And I did that and I'm proud of that. And, and that was, I mean, in order to hang out with my friends yeah. in college, I was at bars because yeah. that's what they did. Yeah. I could go to bars. That's fine. I, I did not drink and I have no problem with people who drink at all. Yeah. No problem. But from what I saw yeah. at college and the, what, what came out of people drinking alcohol, I despise it. Like, yeah, I just do. And like for myself is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And, and anyone, I don't care. Like I'm saying like drinking is fine, whatever. That's good. But like from what I saw, yeah, 
I never want to drink. Like, and I didn't, and that's fine. Yeah. But I made good decisions and seeing what came of those bad decisions, like everything you read in the Bible, like it's real. Like yeah, the simple that's truths true. in the Bible are so true. And when you see it, like on an amplified scale in real life, you're like, wow, there's yeah. a biblical principle there. Yeah. Mm. And I think just good decisions. That might sound simple. No, no, that's, that's exactly but what it's I was also, for, it's so, really yeah. profound too, because yeah. I don't know. I feel like one bad decision could have thrown everything off. Right. Well, and it's not like your social life suffered. No, you still were a part of <laughs> oh, everything yeah. and you did all the things. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's, that's why I would say, I mean, like, honestly, you're one of the most secure people I've ever known mm -hmm. in that sense. It's like, you're just who you are, you yeah, are right. and you're fine with it. And, sure. And nobody else really defines you. Yeah. You know, Emily gets a little say now. Yeah, she does. Which yeah. is right. Which is only right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I think that that's such a, such an important thing for people to see because I think so much of what we do in those bad decisions mm -hmm. has everything to do with, well, what if so-and-so won't this what if they won't like me what if i can't be a part of what if i can't be included right and i think that's just a lie that we so often accept mm -hmm. and uh and so again i mean looking at your life and knowing you as i have for all these years i was just i was curious about that kind of where mm -hmm. your your what, what was your mr rogers moment for that you know where you where you you know the, the life principle that kind of lands for all that so no, no i that's think that's good. great that's absolutely great yeah I think we can wrap here, but uh, we could probably go all night. We could. <laughs> I could talk to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all we good. We had no plan. Let's yeah. we we had no talk plan for another hour. So. It turned out good. It did. So. It did. Yeah. Well, Eric, anything you want to say to close it out? Uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, it was fun. I'll be back. Our pleasure. We, you will be back. Yes, you yes. will. Yes, you will. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to us, and uh, we'll catch you again the next time we get to do a podcast, whenever that may be. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.